anybody who wants to or any local brand who's you know wants to establish themselves really now is the perfect time uh you are in a unique position where the big brands are scrambling to find relevance but don't know how to do it that effective yet and you have so many smaller players trying to make it up to uh try, try to you know try to compete Welcome to Branding Bedin, a podcast about queer representation, brands, and brand life in the digital age. This is Paul Sumayo, founder of Studio Hebang, a Filipino LGBTQ plus creatives and marketing agency. The McKinsey Report in September of 2020 has noted that 71% of fashion executives are expecting their businesses to grow by 20% or more in 2021, um, at least digitally. On the heels of the digital sprint is the epic boom of the Chinese fast fashion brand Shein on the many platforms you see today like TikTok and Instagram amid questionable practices. Well, it seems that fashion is very much alive. And with global fashion brands and institutions now reallocating their budgets from physical to digital while struggling to remain relevant, we ask, where is digital fashion advertising headed? Joining me today is the former head of digital marketing of Havaianas Philippines, a lecturer at the DLSU College of St. Benil School of Design, and currently the digital director at Publicis Media. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome Gabriel Gallo del Carmen. Thank you so much for, for being here today. So how are you? Uh, how's uh, how's work at home? I am um, great. Uh, let's, uh, let's get that out there. I'm doing great. But also... I just want to get out of my room. I've been working for two years from within this room. Yeah. And medyo ananaho. Let's get out. Let's yeah. go out. Yeah. Let's do stuff. Ako din, malapit na. Like, mag, mag, yeah, two years na din. Almost two years. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mean, maybe before we get into the questions, like, what's sure. the day-to-day like um, from your end as a digital director for Publicis Media? So what's the day-to-day? Sure. So there's actually two uh, two major things that I do for them. So number one, it's making sure that we keep all our relations with all the publishers and all the platforms out there really well. So that includes Facebook, that includes mm. Google, and even the new ones that are upcoming like TikTok also. And the other side of the job is really helping uh, move strategy for digital uh, for across the entire uh, uh, company, right? So, um, and as we all know, that's very important now. Uh, if if last year anything taught us as siguro is that now the way forward is digital i mean right. a lot right. of advocates have been saying for so long na parang like oh digital is a what do you call that it's important it's important mm-hmm. but then proofs in the pudding just last year everybody started you know scrambling to go digital right right so yeah everybody pivoted yeah okay. yeah so, so since you mentioned um that sure. you know your primary function on a day-to-day basis really is around life in the digital age um mm-hmm. oh, what's the best way to clarify the difference between social media sure. marketing and digital marketing or advertising what's the simplest way to to say it sure so um i would always say that social media is part of digital marketing so think of digital marketing as sort of the umbrella that encompasses right. anything in all digital right Mm-mm. um i think it's uh i think it's easier for people to understand or interchange the two because Everybody, you know, everybody is um, interfacing right. with social media every right. day. Right. 
So they go on their Twitter to get their news. They go on Facebook to share their thoughts mm-hmm. or, or, or Instagram to share their life story. My favorite thing on Instagram or Facebook is posting a selfie of yourself and saying, Anion proof of life. Right. <laughs> so but now to be seen is to be on Facebook or Instagram right. because right. we can't really uh, we can't really show ourselves anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. So when people think also immediately uh, social media is digital marketing is because you see ads immediately on Facebook, or right. see ads on Instagram, on Twitter. Mm-mm. So people think immediately na ay digital marketing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When it, as a matter of fact, again, digital marketing has so many facets. There's mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, there, you have your social for sure, mm-hmm. but then you have your email, you have your Google, Google. you have your SEO, right. your search, all that right. stuff. Right. So yon. So yon. Um, yeah. So social media marketing really is just a small portion. Um, oh yeah. Inside digital marketing, and mas malaki actually talaga yung saklaw, no, ng digital marketing. Yeah. Um, most of the time, uh, the customer lifetime value is grown over time through digital marketing and not just social media yes. marketing. Yes. Usually, nagiging hook lang talaga si social media, but you retain the customers over time through digital marketing, email, newsletters, de ba yung mga podcast? Exactly. I think is an like example of a digital marketing initiative. Okay, so as a former digital director for one of the country's top footwear brands, I think about mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the country's top footwear brands or the top footwear brand in the country. So, what are your in- uh, if you're yeah. Uh, if we're if we're speaking about specific footwear, definitely top. But then footwear, I think I don't know where we stand. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> so, Pika, what are your insights on the state of fashion in the country through the digital lens? Sure. Um, I was I would say that you know all the fashion brands or all the uh, apparel brands here in the Philippines they're going through uh, what I like to call a digital renaissance. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, digital renaissance because now everybody's awakened or all the brands are awakened to the fact that hey if we're not online we're not seen not and if we're not seen we're not relevant right. if we're not relevant people won't buy us right right so now people are, are well brands are starting to realize that it's a, a sort of new way to present your brand to the public mm-hmm. if before it was all about having a retail presence having events a physical having, store you know, on the ground mm-hmm. physical all that stuff but obviously, we can't do any of those things anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, palang they're really starting to feel the effects of if we're not online, yeah. if we're not active online, then definitely we're not we part don't know of the you. conversation mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So now, but then, now that they realize that, it's one thing to realize it; it's another to actually scramble to make it work. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've been. Uh, I. Uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of my contacts. A lot of my uh, friends have have been, really been like picked up i mean they're trying to be poached already by all right, of these brands right. saying it's yes, so to help them for us no yes yeah. but then imagine um since now all of a sudden we need all these digital people yeah uh people are being picked up right and left already there's still a scarcity of uh, uh talent out there right, right? right so other brands might want to do it so fast already but then the capability is just not there so they're really just, they're scrambling to make it yeah work. yeah that's actually true no madaming applicants like you have a lot of cvs but when you get to the point of working with them um it's still not there so we're still kind it's of it's not there yeah yeah people say now oh i have digital experience okay so get proven <laughs> have you worked with Lazada? have you worked with shop yeah have you worked yeah. with facebook yeah. have you bought ads Mm-mm. and then a lot of the times the answer is no and that's kind of like uh, that's lacking already. It's like um, right. even I would say even right now working uh, anyone working in Publicis, the second biggest mm-hmm. uh, agency in the Philippines, mm-hmm. 
even they're having a hard time looking for talent already. Mm. So now it's either they're going to the brand side right. or they're going abroad mm-hmm. or they're working remotely from right, abroad because right. now we're in a place where we're in evil uh, we're in an even uh, 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 playing field. Mm-hmm. A brand in the states could come and uh, you know hire somebody from the Philippines. It's much easier to do that now mm-hmm. and pay U.S. Uh, salary and all that stuff. Yeah. But then right now, going back to the question of uh, more for fashion, I think now brands are starting to realize that it's so important. But then now, capability-wise, it's hard for them. Mm-hmm. But then they still try to make it work in a way where we still have to try to go on digital, even if it's a bit sloppy. But imagine uh, what do you call that? That's one of the reasons why early on in the pandemic, Viber stores were such a big thing mm-hmm. because Viber stores were a sort of like a makeshift way to have an online store when a lot of brands didn't have an online store yet. Right. And working with Azada and Shopee early in the pandemic, they saw a very big spike in brands wanting to onboard mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Say, they're saying now, oh my God, we don't have an online store. Yeah. Nobody's going to go out. Yeah. How are you going to sell, and what's, sell what, what's stuff? What's the right? easiest way to get into e-commerce? But Exactly. Lazada mm-hmm. and Shopee, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh my God. Which is why um, Lazada, head of the game, first part of the pandemic, but then second half of the pandemic or late in yeah. the pandemic, Shopee was killing it. Right. They were saying that Shopee had like a times two or times three growth yeah. year on year. Mm-hmm. Crazy in terms of revenue. It was so crazy. Yeah. And um, a part of that, which is why uh, going back to the question again of how fashion brands are doing is because there are some gems demand, like some fashion brands or some brands out there who really made the investment early, mm-hmm. meaning who already invested in all of these, uh, parang, uh, that, who's, who thought, na, oh, we have to do e-commerce ahead. We have to do digital marketing ahead. Right. One of them was Havianas, which I'm very thankful for. Mm-hmm. Actually, before I worked for Havianas, I was a consultant for them back in 2016 yeah. uh, for digital. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, what do you call that? Um, early on, they're already saying, oh, we want to do Facebook ourselves. We want to learn more about this and all that stuff, which is great, which is why it was an easier transition. And we were one of the first brands to really go big on 6-6, which uh-huh. is the first um, the first double-double outside of the lockdowns. Wow, yeah. And that was that really... Was six, it six, was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 it oh. was. So, parang, we were... When we were talking to Lazada at that time, we were the only fashion brand who was crazy enough to launch a full like campaign with them, no six six, and it paid off. Because mm-hmm. we became the top uh, the top brand in terms of revenue mm-hmm. that uh, that month, mm-hmm. and then it just kept going on and on and on. Right, right. But then of course, um, Havianas wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have you know checks in place, if we didn't have the capabilities to do it already. Operations, so logistics, are, yeah, yes, yeah. So parang um. But you see other brands like Bench now or Shop uh, Pen Shop now. Mm-hmm. Now they're trying to in-house all those operations. Yes, yes. Normally, which would have been, um, parang, uh, what do you call that? Would have been done by an agency right. or a third party or whatever. Now they're making all these investments to do it. And is it something Havianas was sort of prepared for, like doing everything um, internally, logistics and operations? Oh yes, yeah. definitely. So and the president of Teriyase, which is the distributor mm-hmm. of Havianas in the Philippines, thought about all of that back in 2016. Yeah. yeah. So in her head to back back in 2016, she really wanted to do this concept called uh it, it, it's such a buzzword every time people say it. Um there you go, there you go. It's omni channel. Ah, uh, okay. So it's okay. true omni channel. Right. So omni channel. Uh 
diba? So, I mean, that's such a buzzword in the business world, yeah. in the marketing world. Yeah. People keep saying, oh, omni-channel, omni-channel. But then, the true, the true way of doing omni-channel is doing everything yourself. Right. End-to-end. Because, diba? Like, end to from end. beginning end to, end. to end. Yeah. Yeah. From marketing up into, like, product dev or the whatever, and then so, logistics and then um, doing it all. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a challenge for, for a lot of fashion brands, no? Like, the understanding that e-commerce really is not just a simple website or social media. Oh, no. It's really yeah. a whole narrative of, diba, from, from customer experience, from, from adding to cart, to checking out, to delivery, to getting feedback. So it's really, you know, the full length. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of the fashion brands now are slowly understanding, and yeah. hopefully it's preparing them now for for new the new things to come. Um, so there's been a buzz around you know a lot of changes in algorithms um, like sure. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, of course. Um, but what are some of the newer developments that you're seeing um, that's coming pa um, at least in 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 the Philippine context? Sure. In the Philippine context, actually, or um, because the Philippine context is also kind of um, borrowing it from the global one, right? Is right. Cookie-less technology. Mm-hmm. So cookie-less advertising meaning now, because all of our advertising on Facebook and Google, all that stuff is really based off of cookies. Right. But then cookies have a fundamental uh, flaw in their design, which allows other people to exploit it very easily. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a technology that was developed back in the '90s, but then we're still using it because it's easier to mm-hmm, do, right? Mm-hmm. It's on your Chrome, it's in your Internet Explorer, all that stuff. But um, all the platforms, in terms of are starting to change in a way where we're going to be now doing first-party data from us mm-hmm. and sharing it from Facebook directly to the advertisers. Right now, in terms of advertising, this means that if you don't want the ads, you won't get it. Mm-hmm. But if you want the ads, they'll serve you super duper uh, targeted and very uh, uh, personalized ads, mm-hmm. which is very mm-hmm. good. And is it more expensive so from an adver- at that point? It's all the same. It's all the same, mm-hmm. but it's all I mean, it's uh, it's it gives more privacy to the end user for the customer, right? Because right. you know, for the longest time, a lot of the customers have been saying that Facebook has been spying on them, mm-hmm. Google has been spying on them. Actually, they're not spying on you. Yeah. Every time you use Facebook or Google you voluntarily share your information yeah. to them, whether you know it or not. Right. But then every time you search for something, every time you search for someone, click something on Facebook, all of that stuff, it's a signal for Facebook and Google na parang, oh, this person likes cats, right. or oh, this person likes dogs, or oh, this person's like all that stuff. Yeah. So personalization is a big thing, mm-hmm. basically, which is going to come up soon. Another one is snackable video content. Mm-hmm. And of course, now... Um, it's very uh, what do you call that? It's very prevalent and evident in TikTok, TikTok which yeah. everybody loves. Uh, not everybody loves <laughs> the Gen Z loves the children love. Yeah. So because yeah. personally, I, I I couldn't find myself um, really oh. going through. I don't have TikTok. I don't actively use it. Right. Right. But, but as a millennial, no. I mean, as a millennial, ako like um, for the pandemic, I was laughing at it. But towards the end of the pandemic, I mean, ngayon, like, <laughs> as in, I would scroll through TikTok for like hours. Um, so it gives you that certain, tama oh. like, snackable. Like, you know, you, you munch on it, um, and you munch on it for hours. Yeah. So tell me more about yeah. snackable video content. Why is it kind of the next um, big thing? It's kind of, it's kind of, um, well, the, the the young ones. <laughs> I, love, I love how I said, like, I'm not young, but then <laughs> the children. We, we call it doom scrolling. So doom scrolling right. is. The children, the children call it doom scrolling. Once you start, it just keeps going. So that kind of goes back into the the idea of personalization. One of the reasons why we doom scroll is because TikTok is a platform that uses a lot of data 
to really figure out mm-hmm. what you like. And TikTok right. is a it, before it is a social media platform, it is a data platform. Mm-hmm. They have so much data mm-hmm. about you, about uh, what you might be into. And the reason right. why it's so easy to get lost in, date, in doom scrolling is because, well, actually, this also happens on Facebook. Have you noticed when you go to Facebook Watch, you start watching one video, right. and then 30 minutes later, you you're like scrolling recommendations, right? Exactly. Yeah. So all of that is done because they really want to personalize the experience, not just for ads, but even for content, just for you, mm-hmm. so that you you stay on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's been so um, it's been so popular that that now both Instagram and YouTube are trying to get on right. it too. So yeah, um, on Instagram it's been you know they have reels now they have uh, video short form video content, but then I've seen more of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube has this new feature where it's exactly like TikTok. It's like short form video that just keeps you scrolling and stuff right, like that. Right. But then I find that in terms of in terms of the people actually using it. All of the um, all of the content that's on YouTube is just rehashed stuff from TikTok. So yeah. all of the content is still coming from TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the um, one nine ninety rule on social media? One nine ninety is so one nine ninety is one percent of all the population are the people who actually create the content. Nine mm-hmm. percent of the people actually edit this content, and then ninety percent of the entire population just view and consuming the content. Right. Yeah. 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 So. In terms of YouTube and Instagram wanting to be the next TikTok mm-hmm. or wanting a slice of that TikTok thing, they can't do it because a lot of the content still comes from TikTok. Right. So even at the end of the day, people will still go back to like TikTok. It's still because, a different experience. Uh, what do you call that? Mm-hmm. It is. It, it super is. And they know that. And now TikTok in the past few months, because you know a lot of uh, a, a lot of users have been using TikTok in the pandemic creating challenges, creating content, mm-hmm. they're capitalizing on it. The last six months, um, they've been developing new advertising technology mm-hmm. for them, uh, for, for uh, all the brands who want to get onto TikTok. Na parang, uh, what do you call that? They have um, takeovers, they have new yeah. ads. If, you, if you've been using TikTok uh, the last year, note this small by now, there's a lot of ads. There are more ads right. than there were right. parang two years ago. Shopee years is ago, there. Shopee, years. Lazada, Shein oh. is there, diba? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's this um, there's this thing called ice uh, uh shop uh no TikTok made me buy it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like uh, it's a hashtag it's on TikTok budol. that basically yeah. super budol. Right. Yeah, super budol. And then it the, the funny thing is my link na agad to the Shopee link exactly. or, or to the Shopee website or to the Shane ano <laughs> So parang diba, all of that stuff goes back to the personalization aspect where. They really find they're going to find a way to hook you in, and then once they, you know, once you're hooked, you keep going, you keep scrolling, uh-huh. and then that's where they serve ads on you. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it's a perfect model. Yeah. There's yeah. like you're just keep you're keeping them hooked, and at the same time, you're just generating revenue off of them. Yeah. And they're straightforward and very simple. Yeah. Um, and but but production value wise, grabe din yung iba mga videos sa TikTok, de ba? Like. The mounting of production. <laughs> sure. That's also another. Um, so yeah, um, that's a really good point, no? Of of some of the new things that's coming um, yeah. towards us, uh, personalization, and of course, a lot of uh, snackable video content. One of the sure. top trends that we're seeing now is that the consumer shift 
towards hyperlocalism. So a lot of trend watchers all over the world sure. um, towards the end of 2020 forecasted that hyperlocalism or parang micro shopping or parang micro neighborhoods are going to come up as the new um, trends for for shopping. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, does this mean that it's going to be less digital but more physical but within the neighborhood? I well, I will have to say that even if there's a shift with hyper local, uh, hyper localism in terms of like products and all that stuff, I gotta say I'm one of those people. One of the trends or one of the things I started buying more local and more like neighborhoody right, candles. Right. I love candles. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so Shabri, my dip and, and during the pandemic, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, of course, I, I don't bring that out just on the everyday. Like, I <laughs> it's save expensive. It for like, okay, yeah. I'm extra stressed today. That's right. when I'm going to light it up. Yeah. yeah. But then if I find like a, if I find like a girl who started doing candles uh, a few cities over, definitely I'm going to use yeah. that for the everyday mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Then, then, home decor, for example. Then, which, exactly. I love it. Like, I love it. Like, yeah. um, home buddies, all that stuff. I, I feel like that's just the culmination of hyper-localism. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, home buddies, right. uh, Instagram stores, all that stuff. But, but that's the thing. We, we discover them on the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that in the, in the foreseeable future, uh, hyper-localism is still physical retail. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that these up-and-coming uh, brands or pe- people who aspire to right. brands or local brands or whatever still have to um, learn digital. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have an Instagram store but then for you to be able to really, uh, what, what you call yourself, uh, grow if you want to grow, mm-hmm. is really harness digital. Yeah. More than just doing an Instagram, learn Shopee, learn um, Lazada, learn Facebook. All, and the thing is, like, all of this information is, is uh, what do you call that, is free. Like, mm-hmm. you can definitely get it online. Right. You can definitely learn it yourself. You can ask There's questions so much from, from other people. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, from this one, it's very, like, uh, what do you call that? Uh, learn digital. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So going back, like um, these bland, these brands should really learn how to use and leverage digital because that's how they will be found. Right. Uh, I don't think anytime soon uh, for discoverability, basically for discoverability, mm-hmm. because all of the brands that you know or even all the local brands that you know, you probably saw them on Instagram. Right. First, and that's how you uh, sort of what do you call that subscribe to their mm-hmm. uh, products, deba. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there. Okay. So the, the question now is, is it finally time for Filipino brands to finally reign because of the growth of hyperlocalism? I 100% agree. I, I think that anybody who wants to, or any local brand who you know, wants to establish themselves really, now is the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are in a unique position where the big brands are scrambling to find relevance. Mm-hmm but don't know how to do it that effective yet. Right. And you have so many smaller players trying to make it up to uh, try, try to, you know, try to compete. Right. We are in a very level playing field where the next, you know, the next star like Kashika or the uh-huh. next uh, Zen Zest yeah. or the next whatever star <laughs> can come up and rise yeah. because now we're in a place where alamayon because now we're in a place where yes it's we're in a level playing field in a sense where 
as long as you captivate the right people or captivate the audience you want to captivate, mm-hmm. you will be relevant and people will will, will help you, will, will buy and buy products. Right, right. And I think you can't do this two years ago. You can't do this yeah. uh, five years ago. Yeah. So yeah. now it's just that we're in a playing field where everybody or any brand could definitely, or any Filipino brand could start mm-hmm. doing it mm-hmm. can start to like, uh, to prosper. Yeah. So I really feel like if you have, uh, if you are working for, or you're helping somebody grow a brand, or you own a brand, mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. go to Facebook. Go, I, I Facebook for business, pala. Right. Instagram for business. <laughs> go to Google. Take all the classes that you want, because yeah. I really, honestly, feel like if you don't, you know, if you don't start establishing yourself digitally, digitally at least now, it's gonna be so much harder later on, because. Yeah. When you do it to girl a year, two years from now, everybody's there now. Like you have your brands that have started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then Segura three years from now, they would have been like a, like a very big established presence. Already. Right, right. So yeah, so since you mentioned besides all the learning and education that these brands would need, no, what are your other parang inputs as to how a brand can, you know can get the head start on on the whole wave of hyper localism? I would say. Uh, I guess head start would be two ways. If you want to invest in the advertising, start boosting your stuff. Start boosting on Facebook and targeting your area. Right. Because really, that's one way to get discover discoverability. Because mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest pains for a starting brand, and I've started a few before, mm-hmm. was really discoverability. People need to know about your name. Yeah. And it's kind of hard if you're just really relying on your network of friends to say, hey, can you share this? Hey, can you share mm-mm, this? Mm-mm. It's kind of hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they really have to, number one, boost their content and really invest in uh, the digital part. Of it. Right. Um, the investment in digital, which is great for any for any starting out business, because at least it's, you know, um, it's it, it doesn't have to be big. Mm-hmm. It's not like advertising of the past where I need a billboard that costs right. 500,000 pesos you need celebrities for one month. Eva. it's not like that anymore mm-hmm. at least now if you know you have a good product and you have at least what a hundred I don't know 500 pesos 1,000 pesos mm-hmm. invest that in a Facebook campaign that's just targeting your area mm-hmm. then definitely you already start to reach some people yeah it, so it's just as easy well I don't want to say it's as easy as that but then that's the best way to start mm-hmm. to really get your foot in the door and then start building your customer base. Right, right. So that's number one. It's really invest in the digital aspect of mm-hmm. it. But then the number two is make sure, and this is for any brand mm-hmm. like a, who's, right. who's really starting out, or for uh, make sure you have a unique story right. or a unique perspective. A solid brand. Yeah. Uh, that you're trying to do. Exactly. Because um, what I realized in the man once the, you know, once the uh, pandemic started is if one thing becomes popular so many other like copycats right like come out right uh one of the biggest ones during uh, the pandemic that i always come back to is uh sushi bake mm. so sushi bake was really started by yeah, one yeah sushi bake you know what i mean yeah oh, 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 oh. there was sushi bake <laughs> there were, it was actually just one instagram um one instagram brand i forgot which name oh what name that was that really started it but then uh-huh. that caught up. Oh, they get, they got you know they got traction. A lot more people were buying. Right. Then a few weeks later, you have all these copycat brands yeah. coming up. Yeah. And but if when you go back to it, who has the longevity? It's really them because they're the ones who started it. They're the ones who kept innovating. They're the ones who kept 
you know, advertising kept going mm-hmm. at it. And then now they're still doing well. They're yeah. still uh, people. They're still selling. It's not a fad anymore. Um, they're a legit brand. But mm-hmm. then all the other ones who copied, who who didn't have a unique brand story, or who didn't have anything long. unique, yeah. died off. Yeah. And you see that again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't last long. So. So it's really important, no? Actually, your second point, mo, is also another thing that you know a lot of brands need, like a really strong, solid brand mm. story and direction, a brand narrative that speaks to a lot of audiences. Because yeah. if you don't have that, you're going to be like another Ube Pandesal story, right? That you don't have. Exactly. Ube yeah. cheese desal, bayon. So yeah. Okay. So again, Gallo, thank you so much, no, for 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 being here. We sure. love talking to you all the time. So tell me, where can you know we find you on social media? So on social media, I only have one very active social media. It's LinkedIn. So I, on LinkedIn, you could uh, search me up. Uh, my name there is Gabriel Gallo Del Carmen, or just Gallo Del Carmen, and you can definitely follow me. You can add me on as a connection and all that stuff. Um, I actually look at LinkedIn than I do uh, Facebook. I'm more active on LinkedIn than I do Facebook. Because for Facebook, honestly, um, yeah, I, I, I maintain Facebook because uh, I do run a lot of Facebook campaigns. But in terms of posting like social media stuff, not so mm-hmm. much. Oh, you can also follow me on Instagram, uh, Galo Yubari. So let us know your thoughts by sliding into our DMs or comments in Facebook and Instagram at Studio Hibang. Um, you can also get the latest updates delivered to your inbox via www.studiohibang.com. Don't forget to follow us at Studio Hibang on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Spotify. Once again, this is Paul Sumayo of Branding Badin, a podcast on queer representation, brands, and brand life in the digital age. Bye!